Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Turan. Hello, my name is Cameron Ellen Jarrell, and this is Tranos in the Lived Experience, the show that you bullied as a child, so we went and got brolic and we back for your ass. Today's episode is brought to you by Childhood Trauma. Today's topic, we're going to talk about something, um, I don't know if I'm the person who's coined this phrase, but I've been calling it borrowed oppression. So yeah, all summer long, we've been... Um, We've been screaming at the top of our lungs. We've been screaming Black Lives Matter. And that is very important to me and it's very real to me. But I'm also going to put out another question. Uh, No, I'm going to put out another phrase. And I know a lot of other movements try to make phrases to infringe upon the ideals of Black Lives Matter. But I am a black trans woman of power. So I'm going to say this out loud and the repercussions I don't give a shit about. When we say Black Lives Matter, does that, and I've asked this question in the past, include me? And I like to say, like, I like to say that it does. But in the past 40 years of my life, that has not always been true. Um, first, I want to say that um, as a culture, As a community, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this shit too, but it's the truth, so I'm going to say it. The most transphobic community in existence right behind white people because they have the power of legislation is the black community. More suffering has been dealt out to trans women at the hands of our fellow community members than possible by trans white people trans white people rather just legislate us out of existence but we're actually being killed demonized and turned into evil urban legends by our own kind i'm gonna first say this this all stems from and this is not all the fault of black people because the ideals that cause these kind of reactions come from white people because it is fucking borrowed oppression think about the conversations that we've been having over the last year and a half we've been talking about holding people accountable we've been talking about allyship we've been talking about solidifying the movements we've been talking about all of those things and we are asking i specifically have asked white people to their faith to get your fucking ally game up as a matter of fact i've retired the use of the word ally in my vocabulary when speaking to them i want them to be more than that i want accomplices And you would think in the black community that that would be some kind of culturally born in um, idea. It's not. It's not. First, I would say to be an accomplice to a a LGBTQ person of color is to educate yourself. There is too many archaic thought processes walking around regarding trans people and gender. Secondly, if you are going to enter into one of those situations as a black person where you are arguing with another black person about their existence, stop 
and ask yourself what kind of audacity it takes to do that. Stop and then ask yourself, oh shit, am I borrowing, like, am I borrowing oppression? Am I uh, borrowing the tools of oppression? Because a lot of the time in the black community, the thing that's used to devalue us is the Bible. The Bible. It's something weird to me about a, a, a series of tribes turned into oppressed people indoctrinated by this book this book used to dehumanize them most of, of these new wave spiritual white religions dehumanize us in their first writings of their religion and that's because they are the youngest religions it is no surprise to me that the bible and chattel slavery are both the same age it's, it's no surprise to me. So it's always surprising to me when I walk into a space full of oppressed people and I am further oppressed by said group of oppressed people. And then I have to ask myself, what's the correlation between the use of the, uh, the, the tools of oppression that they're using today and the tools that were used against them? Religion was used against us. Trans people are tired of reminding the black community that we existed before the Bible. Trans and LGBTQ, queer, gay, bisexual, lesbian people are tired of telling the black community that as black queer people, we're not the product of sin. That we existed beyond this whole tap controversy. See, there's a bunch of these like whole tap motherfuckers walking around telling people that uh, LGBTQ people, Q people didn't exist in the past. That we're the remnants of tortures. That we are the nightmare of uh, a pipeline system. That what we are is the is the symptom of an oppression that's happened on us. So there's no make no mistake about it. The correlation between homosexuality and rape is disgusting and it's remedial and it needs to fucking stop. See, being in a, head, a homosexual relationship requires consent and love. Now, just like there are heterosexual rapists, there are homosexual rapist that does not denote that when a man is or a, a, a heterosexual person is sexually assaulting someone we don't then attribute sexual assault to all heterosexuals so why is it done to homosexuals we don't attribute sexual assault to just cis males so why do we attribute sexual assault to trans women? Why is it always just trans women doing it? It's the, the constant belief that we're some weird boogeyman steeped in like mystery. And then people wonder why we hide for so long. There is a larger disparity when it comes to being black and being trans. Another thing that I've said hundreds of times on this show is that I had the fucking absolute nerve to be born trans, pagan, black, female, and a little bit skeptical of Jesus. 
I had to I had the nerve to be born all of those things in one body. So when I walk into a space that is supposed to be a safe space for black people, I am not necessarily safe in that space. The church has been used for years to denote and devalue black people. And now black people are using the church to denote and devalue homosexuals and trans people. It's a borrowed oppression. How come we don't see the correlation between it? We don't see that both thought patterns are borrowed from white supremacy. Way back in time, in the times of the early tribes, trans people were the soothsayers, the sorceresses, the people that we went to, the people who knew about agriculture, the ones who 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 were just and the, the ones who had an understanding for um for, for all people in, in the village because they had an understanding of what it was to be more than just a binary. We've existed well beyond that and there's documentation of us well before slavery. There's none afterwards and people don't make the correlation of why would colonizers bent on keeping, uh, the, keeping up the illusion of a binary not bring a boatload of trans and, and gender expansive people over here during colonization. Oh, I'll tell you why. Because if we exist in the light, then the binary doesn't exist. So slave ship owners, slave trappers, all those other things, when they found us, we were to be killed. Because there's a belief that we somehow caught this thing through con contamination or contagion. So it couldn't possibly happen in another human being naturally. So the belief that trans people aren't real is a borrowed oppression. The belief that non-binary people aren't real is a borrowed oppression. Your inability to respect someone else's identity is a borrowed oppression. Your inability to respect someone else's religion or religious beliefs is a borrowed oppression. All of those things are visited on us in a torturous way. The first thing you take away from a village is their religion. The second thing you take away is their structural integrity regarding um, their village, regarding their neighborhood. You take down its ability to take care of itself. You start removing parts of it that were seen as pivotal. And the, one of the first things they removed other than like removing all of the strong men where they killed everyone who would be considered hierarchy or noble. They killed everyone who had a knowledge of the religion that was being practiced in that area. They killed everyone who did not fit the binary. So for us to be in 2021 and for me to still have, have, have to have conversations with people about how, uh, Gender is not contagious and how uh, your genitals and your gender aren't the same thing. It's fucking redundant. If you're listening to me and you can hear the sound of my voice right now, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you and then I want you to count to three and then do it. So here we go. I'm going to ask you this question. Here it goes. Please point to your gender. One, two, three. Okay, now that everyone has done that, here's the trick. 
You can't point to your gender because it does is not physically represented on your body. No single piece of your body represents gender. So if you're reporting at your genitals, stop it. There is no correlation between sexual organs and gender. Gender is something that we come to learn about ourselves as we develop. And there are genders outside of the binary. So if you believe that there are only two sets of organs, so thusly there should only be two genders, you are archaic as fuck. And I would ask you to stop looking at world star videos and, and, and basketball reports and sports data and take some time to use the fucking world library in your pocket and learn a little bit about gender studies. All the dollar store endocrinologists walking around in my fucking community. Some, all right, here's a story. So uh, I frequent 7-Eleven because I, I enjoy their hot dogs. They will be the death of me. So I was going to um, 7-Eleven at the corner of my street. It's, tip, it's not typically a thing that I do because I don't like walking because I'm harassed for being trans in my neighborhood, which is a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, so I walk to 7-Eleven. There is a gaggle of what I would call uh, substance abusers that are in the front. Some of them are cool. Some of them are just down on their luck. I grew up around people who were on drugs, so I don't look down on them because I understand how you can get there. Um, with that being said, there is not a day that I don't walk past this group of people, whether I give them a dollar or not. My gender is immediately questioned. And every time it's questioned, I get a series of statements. <clears throat> First statement. There's only two genders. To which I respond. I'm not taking a gender theory from a crackhead today have a good one and i walk to the store now this comment could get me killed um but i'm tranos and these hands work second statement so you got a dick or what um my genitals are none of your business and um there are girls with penises uh what's the next statement the next statement is can I have a dollar after disrespecting me and asking me about my genitals? Probably not. So I have to deal with what some people would call the dregs of society questioning me because of my existence. And sometimes every once in a while, one of them gets a little rowdy and I have to like remind them that if you think that I am a man, and I'm taller than you and I'm stronger looking than you as you put it. Why put yourself to the trouble of getting your ass whooped? Why not just leave me the fuck alone? If you have a problem with what I am, how can you fix your mouth for a dollar and insult me? Why? Because even the dregs of society, air quotes, are allowed to dehumanize me. I saw on a Facebook post a couple of months back and it made me sick to my stomach. There was a question going around and I was so shocked and so hurt that everybody who was answering the question was from my race. 
and it's in this general area of Rochester, New York, when it comes to gender knowledge and, and, and gender understanding of things beyond the binary, there ain't a lot of understanding happening. So the question on the Facebook post, and I think it was posted back in December. I think it was like December 17th. And it was just some random post that just pops up. This person's not even my friend. They're connected to someone I know and they answered into it. This person said, would you rather have a career criminal as a son or have a son that went to college and came back as a tranny? First off, let that sink in that the fact that we can just use slurs regarding other people. We can use slurs immediately regarding other people. And I'm not going to fucking go back and start doing this fucking like bullshit, like re like conservative false equivalence shit. But just the fact that we're just not aware that we, we, we have problems with people using slurs against us. And some of us will do the same thing to someone else who is different. And it's just not I don't, the cognitive dissonance, the, the mental gymnastics to be able to do something like that and then justify it is lost on me. So the problem with the Facebook post was the slurs and just the thought of how are these two things in the same realm? Like, a, a, so you mean to tell me a child that went off to college where now they were more free and they were able to explore who they are without the eye of their families looking down on them or their problematic communities and they were able to come to terms with authenticity and then come home is worse by a poll of 150 black people. It's worse than being a career criminal. And they didn't specify what crimes. They just said a career criminal in and out of prison for their whole life. 150 people said that they would have rather have a career criminal than a trans, a educated trans daughter. Let that shit sink in, y'all. Do you know how bleak, how bleak that really is like that's bleak that's bleak as fuck like as a trans person i just witnessed a group of my community members saying that trans people are worse than career criminals that they would rather have to deal with walking in and out of court and wondering if their child's gonna come home or spend time behind bars than they would to have an educated trans daughter and I am an educated trans daughter <sighs> another thing we have to stop doing there are these bans going on around to, around the United States right now that are in full on attack of trans children and you know which children are going to be hurt the most I'll give you a second. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, trans children of color. Trans children of color. Um, the percentage of, of us becoming homeless is very high. The percentage of us being uh, assaulted is very high. The percentage of us um, being susceptible to being taken advantage of while being out on the streets from being homeless is very high. One doesn't um, 
one doesn't uh, set off the other one. Contrary to everyone's belief from what I've been hearing from everybody's rebuttals lately when it comes to trans people and the non-binary is nothing has to happen to you for you to be non-binary or trans. Trauma doesn't trigger our mutant ability. We're not the fucking X-Men. Before I was uh, assaulted as a child in foster care, I was uh, I was trans. People ask me, when did you know? And the for sure answer is at four years old. Nothing happened to me by that time. In my world, everything was toys and everything was my mom's hugs and everything was like my grandmother's food and like just playing with toys and running around. And suddenly one day I became aware, I became self-aware and upon becoming self-aware at four years old, I had panic attacks and anxiety every day after this. I realized that I was going to die one day. I realized that first. I realized that I was controlling an automaton that I can only see if I looked into a reflection. And I realized third, that the body I was controlling just didn't feel right. I didn't have the words for it. I constantly would ask questions of my mom and I was a very advanced child. I was able to like make full sentences and have full conversations with my mom by the age of five. I was able to have really deep, like, like conversations that a, a five-year-old shouldn't be able to have. And I, I, I won based upon our beliefs as a culture believe that's because what I am is part of the divine. And I was meant to be intellectually smart. I, I think I was supposed to be I think most trans children are highly intelligent and that's become, because we become self-aware so young. The, the, the sudden urge to like survive washes over you and you're no longer just existing. The sudden awareness of your limbs and, and how they relate to the world makes you inquisitive. And if you had a mom like mine, I didn't get hit much by my mom, but what I did get, I got full on educations, full on opportunities to learn from whatever I was doing at the time. There was no question that I could ask my mom that she would just readily answer the way she would always answer me. would be like, I can give you an answer or you can search for it. Which one will be more fulfilling? And I appreciate my mom for that. And even though sometimes it was used as a punishment and I thought I was so upset with my mom at the end of the day, it, it rounded off my intelligence. It, it, it sparked an interest in learning in me. It sparked an interest in needing to know questions that some people just weren't going to be able to answer. And we have to stop attributing trans people to trauma. The first question I was asked, <laughs> the first question I was asked, and this was on my... This is by my dad. When I came out to him as trans, like my dad has caused me lots of childhood trauma, lots of it, like beatings, uh, uh, neglect, all of it to, to run the gamut. Some things I don't feel like sharing at this moment. And my dad looked me in my eyes and said, 
who did this to you? Like I was going to point at someone. Like I was going to be like, oh, this was done by this person on this day. Like it was some brand new concept to me that only came up based upon traumas that had been visiting me since I was old enough to realize what trauma was. Like the fucking nerve of this man to be one of the main sources of my trauma. The main sources of like, just like, like I wasn't, I was never allowed to be myself in front of my father. Everything I did was put under a microscope and then attributed to femininity and then attributed to me living with my mom full time because he was philandering and running the street doing fucking drugs. Shout out to Philip Evans and for being a whole scumbag. Uh, shout out to a, a motherfucker who chose uh, crack over his children, um, over his uh ability to succeed over his ability to thrive in this life teaching absolutely nothing to any of his children uh shout out to you motherfucker um my hat's off to a motherfucker who could truly fuck up more than just his life appreciations to you you bitch ass nigga um so he just looks me in my eyes and he asked me who did this to you and i've heard this I've heard that start, that statement made to like almost every queer black person that I know at some point from one of their family members that that somehow their sexuality or identity is attributed to a moment of trauma. That a whole identity sprung forth from it. We have to stop walking around here and acting like trans people are a disease. I'm not contagious. You can't catch it. You're not going to wake up one day and put a pink t-shirt on and be like, oh shit, it's over for me. My masculinity is gone. You're not going to wake up one day as a, a cis female and put on a pair of Tims and suddenly turn into a fucking man. It's not what happens. Sexual attraction does not dictate what your identity could be. It doesn't. I hid my sexual attraction from almost everyone in my family for almost 30 years. For almost 30 years I have been hardcore pansexual since I was aware enough to know what sex was I am not attracted to genitals I am attracted to people but you can't say that at eight years old you also can't say that at eight years old when you're living from house to house and like in between living with my mom and then living with my dad there were stark contrast and how things were done. My mom was very stern at one point in her life. She went and she found this religion that she was really into and she tried to like push it on all of us. We were at church all the time and I was constantly feeling shamed. I was constantly feeling shamed and I had to deal with that inner shame by myself because I couldn't tell anyone that I, one, felt like I was totally in the wrong place. Like I felt like something physically was wrong like i did like i don't know if you've ever done this before but look at your hands right now do you know you're in control of those hands all the time i sometimes don't feel like i'm controlling my hands and that's my dysphoria i sometimes look down and i see the size of my feet and it just doesn't relate to what my mind is showing me i look like everyone has a self residual image my self-residual image is Cameron. 
my physical image six years ago was Jarrell. And Jarrell no longer exists on this physical plane, but Cameron has to keep answering for him. Believe it or not, no matter what iteration of me you've met, you've always met Cameron. You've always known Cameron. You just refuse to see or refuse to hear what I was trying to say. Religion played a huge part in my in my uh, coming to this decision as a fucking six year old to hide. So at six years old was the first time I was ever taken into a church that I can remember. It was the first time I ever walked into a space and heard the demonization of trans trans of gay people because back then people weren't called trans; they were called something altogether different, altogether different. Um, it wasn't so long ago. It wasn't so long ago where I was terrified by sitting in a church and listening to a sermon by a man who ended up dying from being a drug addict and, um, cheating on his wife, by the way. Um, I sat in this man's church for multiple Sundays and I watched him take from my people passing the tithing plate sometimes six or seven times and at a young age I understood what he was doing and since I was going to be immersed in that shit I was like you know what I'm going to do I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about this because I want to be able to ask questions and have things to fall back on after several uh, times of getting into arguments with pastors or asking questions that seemed blasphemous I was allowed to not have to go back to church anymore I was allowed to practice as I saw fit and it took a long time and I always had questions about people say God makes no mistakes, right? So if God makes no mistakes, then why aren't we still burning people for wearing two different like cloth materials? If God passes down laws that aren't mistakes, why are people allowed to disobey their parents and still live? If God doesn't make mistakes, then why are there gay people? Why are there ways to trace trans people? Why do trans people show out all show up all throughout history? Because if your God is infallible, then we have purpose and meaning for being here. And if we have purpose and meaning for being here and you're treating us like subhumans and harming us every chance you get. Aren't you the problem? Doesn't that kind of make you the problem? I know weird question, right? To like turn the bullshit around on you and ask if your God said love, then why is there so much fucking hate? And here's the weirdest part. If you of your region, your group of people didn't know about this God in their whole existence, which can go back almost 30 fucking thousand years. Until 2000 years ago. 
What the, how the fuck were you treating trans and, and, and LGBTQ people before that? How were we treating us before that? Because we, we kind of know. We kind of know that trans people existed. They were just part of society. We kind of know that gay people existed. They were just part of society. You know how we know that? Because we look at tribal cultures that still exist today and they're still part of those cultures. There's a form of us in every culture. And as a black trans person, fast forward and back to 2020 from my childhood and standing at those black like lives matter rallies and feeling the exact same pain for the loss of a black person for the brutality wrought on our on our people i didn't have to stop in my in my mourning and realize that i have more to mourn for and i'm going to be the only one at that rally doing so 350 trans women died last year worldwide 350. Most of them were people of color. Most of them at the hands of people of color. So when we're stopping at those rallies and we say black lives matter, no matter how fucking hard it is for me to do in that space that is so unsafe to me at the moment I say it, I scream in the middle that all black lives matter. Disabled Black Lives Matter. Trans Black Lives Matter. Elderly Black Lives Matter. Drug addict Black Lives Matter. Alcoholic Black Lives Matter. Female Black Lives Matter. Women, Black Women's Lives Matter. All Black Lives Matter. And if you want to become the community that you keep touting that we should be to each other, when we fall back on borrowed oppression and we decide to chastise each other for the colonialism and the imperialism that we are now demonstrating against ourselves, it starts with education. It starts with the ability to to see your see your siblings, see your culture, see your people, and understand that they no matter what they are, they are your people. And if you're brave enough, and you still want to stand on ten toes and dehumanize trans people, make sure when you at those rallies, screaming Black Lives Matter. That you make sure you let us know that ours don't. Accountability. I hold white people accountable for the oppression that they place on black people. I hold them accountable. I'm holding black people accountable for the oppression that they put on the LGBTQ um, community. I was talking to my uncle. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to like fucking draw it out. But he knows who he is. If he listens to the show, he probably doesn't because it's about trans issues. He said to me that his only problem with LGBTQ people is that where do they get off being so oppressed that they think they need to be protesting? That is a 
borrowed oppression. Tell me you ain't heard some Elmer Fudd truck driving, chaw chewing ass white boy. Say the same thing about black people protesting in the streets. Tell me you ain't never heard the same thing. All over America, there's some white boy telling us that we don't deserve to be doing this out here and we're we're not oppressed and that racism doesn't exist. And what I hear when a black person does the same thing to a trans person is that homophobia and transphobia don't exist while demonstrating homophobia and transphobia. And it's simple. If you're asking me, how can I start being a better accomplice? Here's how we'll start. We'll go with the pronouns. When someone tells you their pronouns... It is not for you to all of a sudden become some fucking weird English major, some un, some unqualified fucking endocrinologist all of a sudden. If someone walks up to you and they say that their name is and their pronouns are, that's, that's what you have to go off of. If you still believe that <laughs> that there's a binary and that gender is encased in your genitals, like welcome to 2021. Pick up a fucking book and take some time to educate yourself because it's not the job of the trans person of color to educate you, even you. It's not our job as black people to educate white people on racism. They built it. We take the time to do it. It's not our job to. It is not the job of trans, non-binary, queer black people to educate you on gender spectrums and sexual identities sexual sexual like like propensities it's not it's not our job if you walk around making these empty fucking like baseless fucking like comments about what you believe make sure your science check out if you come to me with anything less than a fucking full on understanding I'm gonna shut you down and you're gonna feel bad cause 9 times out of 10 and this happens generally with everybody that I, I, I end up having to correct but because of proximity I have to correct black people the most based solely upon proximity here's how the conversation goes you misgender me 9 times I correct you once I then have to deal with a lukewarm justification and then you tone policing me, gaslighting me because you have an attitude about being corrected for misgendering me. And that's not calling out anybody in particular because this happens so many times. I would be here for four days to, to a fucking full week talking about how many times I've been misgendered multiple times by a single person list by list. It happens every day. It happens more than 20 something times a day. And that's per person. I'm not counting the actual times it happens. I mean, that's 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 for every person that does it. It's I'll count as one. But sometimes the person the person does it multiple times. And because it's happened multiple times, I walk around in a constant state of dysphoric flux. And I'm so tired of having that argument with my own family members. I'm so tired of having that argument with people from my village. I'm so tired of having that argument from my culture. We punch down, we punch down, we punch the fuck down. Like homophobia has been a main staple of our masculinity 
in, in this culture is a main staple. Everything about this culture has to be sort of masculine, a little bit more masculine than ever. There's white people walking around here saying that black women are more masculine than white women. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. That's what it looks like from the outside because the, 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 the mistreatment of the black woman, including trans women, is a main staple. The degrading of their identities, uh, their gender, their gender identities are constantly under attack. So it hurts even more. It hurts even more when I am confronted about my gender by a black cis woman. Because if any cis person is going to understand what it's like for their gender to constantly be scrutinized and to constantly be under attack, it's black women. It's black cis women. They have been the targets of almost everyone else for the entirety of history. There are tropes assigned to them. There's lots of tone policing happening to them. It's the same thing that's happening to trans women of color. That's the same thing that's happening. So you would think that we would be able to look each other in the eyes and know we are on common ground. That I'm not taking from you and you're not taking from me. You are a black woman. I am a black woman. We both come from two different paths to womanhood. But yet we are both still women and we are both still black. I find myself constantly under attack in, in the presence of my own people and I love them so much and they hate me. And if they don't hate me, I don't know that because they spend too much time attacking me, degrading me, dehumanizing me, disrespecting me. And then I have to walk out into the world and defend them against white people. And I do it. <laughs> if anybody else is saying they do it for the culture, you're not doing it for the culture like black trans women is. We do it for the culture and then we walk out into the world and we are attacked by the culture. We are the brunt of everybody's jokes. Everybody got a problem with trans people. Nobody got a problem with Mandia. And I say that as a, that's to prove the punchline of, of homosexuality and, uh, and crossed with gender. Tyler Perry made the millions of dollars off of degrading homosexuality in the form of drag and also making fun of black cis women with his characters. But we out here arguing about my pronouns because you called me a he 26 times in 12 minutes and I corrected you once. I got another uncle who hasn't talked to me in six years. Calls me out of the blue. Hey, I want to talk to you, says my dad name. I say, excuse me, um, that is not my name. And he responded with, I know the name your sister gave me. And I responded with, no, you don't. I am verbalizing how I would like to be addressed. If you walk around here respecting hood nicknames, which is literally how all my uncles talk to each other, you don't really ever hear them say each other's names. Like all my uncles have a different nickname. It's kind of cool. Everybody respects their names. 
So why do I have to keep telling you mine? Why do I have to keep being the spokesperson for all trans people in your presence? Why is it cool to make transphobic comments when I'm there? Why is it cool to exclude me from things and then act like it's not about my gender? Why should I? Why should I be at those rallies? The answer is because I love my people. And because I love my people and it's not reciprocal. I don't change. I can't change me. I can't stop loving them because they no longer love me. Then it comes to terms of was it ever love to be repressed as a child? To have like masculinity to pretty much almost beat into you. To be cast away into a foster care system that used your gender and sexuality as almost a commodity. To learn about the prison pipeline without actually going to prison. I lived through foster care from the age of fucking like, oh, I want to say 13, 14 years old until I was 21. I pretty much did a prison bid, but for the state, for a children's facility. And the number one thing that I was put in there for was because I was trans and gay. When they realized that I was air quotes gay, which is just such a weird thing to say about someone who like literally has had relationships with everyone. You can't technically call me gay because gay would mean I would have to be a man and and gay would also mean that I would have to be only attracted to men and I'm, I'm not a man and I'm not only attracted to men. So our vocabulary on how we describe people has changed. People haven't changed the way we describe people, the, the way we labeled people has changed. So this whole idea that trans people are brand new in the black community is complete bullshit. And going back to the whole points that I was making, walking around here since the 1940s and saying the same thing doesn't make it true. These whole motherfuckers who sprang out of the nation of Islam in the 40s became Pan-Africans and all that other shit to each his own. But stop walking around misinforming people. Stop walking around misinforming people. There are certain tortures that happen to black people, specifically in the presence of black women. Black men were dehumanized by being sexually assaulted. That is not homosexuality. I repeat, that is not homosexuality. That is torture and dehumanization at the hands of an oppressor. Homosexuality as it is categorized is the love of the same gender. Love constitutes some type of connection. Some kind of connection constitutes consent, emphatic consent. So rape and homosexual sexuality aren't the same thing. So please stop subscribing that bullshit to LGBTQ people's existences. Because as much as cisgendered heterosexual men like walk around here sexually assaulting people. We haven't demonized them. There hasn't been any legislations to stop it. Nobody's keeping them out of bathrooms. No one made any sports like laws regarding them. No one's telling them that they don't like that they need to be on some kind of medication or somebody or they're being denied medical care. None of that stuff's happening to them. White people attack trans people with legislations. Black people attack people, trans people with microaggressions lack of education, and finally, violence. We also like to, um, to um, 
to use uh, isolation and ostracization. We'll ostracize the shit out of a queer person with the quickness. Dehumanize them and they ain't welcome in the hood no more. We don't talk about them. We don't bring them up. We don't care if there's something, if something happens to them in broad daylight. There's many people that were killed by the police last year. Trans people were killed. The same, it's almost the same. That they almost, they were almost what, uh, statewide, statewide, last year. We only spoke about five cases. Well, well, not five. We spoke about four cases out loud, but way more than that happened. There are way more instances of police brutality happening on a yearly basis. Just some of them don't make it to the newspaper. Trans people dying when it does make it to the newspaper. We're definitely not categorized as trans all the time. We're definitely not respected. We're definitely not like gendered correctly. And we're always dead named. So we don't know how many trans people were killed by police last year. We know that there's a, a, a walking. Um, they had to make a legislation to stop walking while trans, uh, because a trans women get stopped for walking in most states. Automatically accused of, of prostitution, which means that they have like a, um, a, a enhanced um, chance of being stopped by a police officer and assaulted and or killed. Most trans women report that um, at least one time in their life they've been propositioned by a police officer. At least once. So not only as a black trans woman do I have to worry about being killed by the police for almost nothing. I have to worry about white people weaponizing police against me. I have to worry about the church indoctrinating, indoctrinating my people against me. And I have to worry about who we see as our heroes and head of houses killing me for shame of being around me. Food for thought. When you say Black Lives Matter, make sure you include me, because if you're not including me, then it's just borrowed depression. This has been another episode of Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that wishes you would open a fucking book. My name's Cameron Ellen Jarrell, also known as Tranos. Say that shit with your whole chest or I'll punch you in your mouth. Peace. <laughs>